Welcome to the Sustainability Research Pod, a podcast where you hear about applied research into education and sustainability. This podcast is brought to you by members of the Sustainability Research Group hosted at London Southbank University. The Sustainability Research Group is a collaborative, multidisciplinary group actively involved in researching practice, policy and pedagogy relating to sustainability. This episode is a recording taken from the Sustainability and Climate Action Conference in June 2020. The session delivered by Kartik Amrania, Head of Building Sustainability Department at Sweco UK, who presents a keynote address titled Utilising Waste Heat as a Resource. Thank you for joining us for Resources Day and we are delighted to be joined um, by Kartik Amrani, um, who is Head of Building Sustainable Development at Swesco UK. Um, under Kartik's leadership, Swesco Building Sustainability Team have developed some of the most significant sustainable buildings in the UK and hence have been allocated BREAM Company of the Year three times. That was in 2014, 2016 and 2017. Um, Specialising in sustainable design for the built environment, Kartik has 16 years experience in commercial, retail, industry, military, educational um, and residential development. Today, um, Kartik's topic is utilising waste heat as a resource and the topic will cover various generations of energy network for buildings and outlining the concept of Scandinavian ambient loop network. Um, utilising waste heat as a resource for providing its energy need. Kartik, thank you so very much for joining us today. Um, I don't want to take up too much time of your presentation, but it would be great for our audience if you could just introduce um, how you know LSBU um, and even how you got into to working where you are today. Um, hi, Thomas, thank you um, and uh, welcome to everyone who's joined us this morning. I'm Karthik Imrania, um, I'm Head of Sustainability of uh, SWECO UK. SWECO stands for Swedish Consultancy and our involvement with uh, the university is I, I'm, I'm part of the uh, industrial panel. Um, to give you a bit of background, um, I, I'm a chartered mechanical engineer with, with biases towards sustainable building design. Um, I think once my presentation starts a bit more in detail, you, you, you all will have a, quite a clear picture in terms of what we do and what, what it entails. Perfect. Well, 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 I'll hand it over to you and um, I'm really looking forward to hearing everything. Okay, perfect. So. Um, Guys, uh, everyone, um, my topic of the day uh, is the uh, energy solution for urbanization, uh, which is using waste heat as an uh, energy resource. I'm going to go through a very short introduction about SWECO, who we are and what we stand for. So SWECO is a, a European uh, consultancy firm. Uh, they do um, architecture in mainland Europe as well. It's a Scandinavian business, leading position in six market uh, and 16,500 employees throughout the uh, European Union. So these are the countries we operate in, uh, but obvious uh, UK as well. Uh, but the bulk of uh, staff is mainly in Scandinavia, so it's, it's a very Scandinavian. Um, sustainable design is at the core of what we do uh, and it encapsulates all our services from transport to building design 
um, and um, the energy networks which we design as well. I'm from the buildings side of the uh, business and in the UK we are tremendously successful with some very very big name buildings under uh, under our name. One example which stands out is the uh, Bloomberg's headquarter completed in 2018. Apart from that, the King's Cross side, uh, the King's Cross regeneration side, the bulk of uh, buildings have been uh, designed, uh, bulk of office buildings have been designed by Sweco UK. And we function as a single team between uh, Sweden, Denmark, Norway, Finland, Netherlands, Germany, and Poland. So when it comes to sustainability, we are very much a one team. So that gives you a bit of a background in terms of who we are and why I'm able to talk about what I'm going to talk about uh, in the topic uh, uh, in a few minutes. So um, I think before we understand the use of waste heat, um, I think it's important to understand why use of waste heat, uh, because the uh, term use of waste heat is um, it's drastically different than what we have been doing. And that's what I'm going to cover now. So, um, you know, when, when we say urbanizing, uh, what comes to our mind is um, the two major um, developing countries, China, India, uh, relatively, that's what we would think that China, the Chinese cities are urbanizing, which they are very rapidly. The Indian cities are urbanizing very rapidly. We don't think about Europe naturally. We, we, we think it's urbanized um, and it's as urbanized as it gets, but that's, that's wrong. Uh, Europe is urbanizing uh, and it's urbanizing very, very rapidly. So we're going to need more homes, we're going to need more urban structures. And I think the understanding of um, livability in, in urban environment is, is acute now, more acute than it ever used to be. So the um, urban uh, energy systems need to adapt to decentralization. Uh, and in the UK, we stand far behind uh, compared to um, Scandinavia. Um, but it is going through major changes, not just in UK, but throughout, throughout Europe. Um, previously, the energy used to flow out of um, power stations and they used to get used um, in homes and businesses, uh, and this was a unidirection system. I think it's very important to understand this philosophy. This, this norm is set to change, and we as a generation are going to live through this change. Um, so today, most uh, today most of these uh, decentralization uh, network are to be um, run by a renewable uh, energy production and power flows from the, um, in both directions. Uh, it is um, when PVs will get very prevalent as they get more and more efficient technology advances, the direction of flow will, will differ in a sense. So the key objective um, uh, where I'm leading to is use of waste heat as energy is the key focus is to reduce fossil fuel consumption for healthy livable cities. So developing smart renewable energy solutions and reducing dependency on fossil fuel is an effective way to working towards UN sustainable development goals. Uh, and that will also assist on good health and well-being throughout, um, throughout homes and businesses as well. So the um, development of urban electrical system and infrastructure has a major impact on future community and inhabitants. 
uh, steps need to be taken to make easier cho easier choices to clean energy. Now, obviously, um, you know, electricity is going to be um, the choice of future fuel. And electricity, in a sense, provides us benefits such as um, key one is uh, reduce, uh, reduction in air pollution. And noise also in urban environment will go down with use of electricity, which is once the electricity starts start getting used in, uh, say, cars. Now, um, the urban residents are um, exposed to high level of air pollution, and this is very true in London. London has many, uh, on many occasions, uh, exceeded um, uh, the limit of uh, World Health uh, Organization for particulate pollutions. And situation is rather similar in many key European cities. Now, one hand, I'm talking about air pollution, but the other silent one is um, heat island effect, which is, in a sense, key part of my topic, which I'm which I'm leading into. Now, um, use of electricity will um, will answer a lot of uh, or provide a lot of solutions, not just to transport industry, but the building industry as well. And uh, the key uh, element will be it will um, provide solution um, and it will um, satisfy the UN sustainable goals for good health and well-being. Uh, decent work and economic growth, affordable clean energy, um, industry innovation and infrastructure. Um, a lot of these elements will follow through as we adapt to the electricity. Now, um, going into a bit more um, depth into uh, my, my topic uh, is um, we in the UK use uh, the third generation heat network. This heat network is rather uh, simple in design, uh, unidirection in the flow. It's no different than having a, a traditional power station. Uh, it uses um, natural gas and produces high temperature heat, which is then distributed throughout, um, throughout the network, throughout wire network into buildings. Scandinavia, fifth and fourth generation networks are now pre prevalent and these networks are not unidirections and they use waste heat so the way i set the example of, of um, you know the use of pv where the pv will be supplying back to the grid in similar way the heat flows uh, get injected and rejected from the network and that's where the use of waste heat comes into picture so a third and fourth generation network, in a sense, is um, two separate systems working in parallel. So on one side you have heating and one side you have cooling. And these heat and cooling energies are supplied separately via separate network, which do not overlap whatsoever. Now, what cooling does is um, it um, rejects heat outside in the ambient air. And when we have high dense urban environment, the situation is we get something called urban heat island effect. So if you in right in middle of office based developments or a dense city office environment, what you'll feel is you'll feel quite uneasy. You'll feel that warmth in the air. It is because all the offices are getting cooled below the ambient temperature and the heat is being let out into the urban environment. 
um, and when uh, heat is needed in those buildings for hot water or say on a early spring day for space heating in perimeters, what's done is fossil fuel is used uh, to, to make up for the heat. So you can, I think, I hope I'm clear, the situation is, is um, rudimentary. We are using fossil fuel on one side and we're using electricity on the other side, but then rejecting useful heat outside in, in, in the ambient air. Um, and urban heat island effect is, is serious. It's getting very serious. I mean, daylight today, um, you know, it, it's particularly warm. Uh, it, it's off the chart, 40 year record day. And we're gonna see more and more of this as um, climate change takes, uh, takes effect. So um, it is going to get very critical. We tackle urban heat island effect. Now, um, the electricity grid of the UK is decarbonizing and it's decarbonizing very, very fast. It's decarbonizing because of installation of solar farm, um, offshore wind turbine uh, in, in particular, uh, because we have wind rich country. And it's obvious the use of um, electricity to generate heat uh, for future home and businesses is gonna be prevalent. And uh, the, the use of uh, electricity will be done via uh, heat pumps, which will replace the incumbent boilers. What we are likely to see is uh, taxation on natural gas as well. Such systems do exist in Netherlands, who got rid of gas, natural gas 10 years back. Um, and we are now uh, moving into a direction where uh, the, our new buildings, in a sense, are not going to allow, not going to be allowed natural gas. Um, uh, by 2025, it's been speculated as a decision from the government, which is going to come through when new homes are not going to uh, be being allowed uh, natural gas. So heat pumps and use of electricity is going to be prevalent. But the solution is not, um, again, going back to the third and fourth generation network type of business where the incumbent natural gas boiler, which you saw in the slide earlier, is going to get replaced by um, a source heat pumps, again, producing high temperature heat. This, in uh, our belief, is not the right solution, at least not the right solution for dense urban landscape master planning buildings. This is not, um, it's not gonna solve, uh, solve a lot of problems. So um, this is where the use of waste heat uh, comes into picture. And in, in all urban centers, in, in all European cities, we've got am, ample of uh, waste heat. We've got waste heat coming through in winter as well, because uh, I can give you one example. If you look at uh, Canary Wharf, uh, a very uh, popular video, clipping or image where you see plumes coming out of the building. These plumes are, in a sense, um, waste heat being uh, rejected up in the ambient air. So this, uh, the concept, what, we, what you see on the slide here is use of this waste heat back again. And this is where you start to form a generation change into the district heating network where the network is sometimes injected with heat and sometimes the heat is absorbed out of the network. So 
advantage of such system is uh, in one case you can absorb um, of course the temperature uh, I, I, I'm avoiding getting too technical in here but the temperatures of these systems are very very low because they use heat pump to top up the temperatures um, and they are able to absorb heat from um, solutions such as um, you know um, transformers which are which are placed around urban urban centers so um, Mitigating of uh, this waste heat is going to be critical for future uh, urban centers. Uh, it, it, it's going to be um, as uh, important as air pollution, and that's what will provide a suitable environment for urban uh, urban city networks. So. Um, we do have these solutions uh, live. Uh, we've got plenty of them which are in, in, in progress, in design. Uh, unlike Scandinavia, we in the UK haven't got a system which is uh, existing, but a lot of systems are being uh, designed in similar fashion. One, uh, one example I can uh, give you today is the Bankside Yard in London. It's a new built development. It's going to come, uh, come uh, alongside a uh, um, a, a popular London landmark, um, and this is where we're going to utilize the uh, new generation, fifth generation uh, energy network, which is uh, you, uh, which is not unidirectional. So um, I'm, that's pretty much end of my uh, presentation here today. Um, but before um, I end the presentation, Sweco have embarked on um, something called Urban Insight. So all our uh, experts in SWECO UK, uh, which are um, you know from variety of Scandinavian uh, countries, they've all all the experts have come together. And what we're doing is we're writing reports. And what I've talked about today is again inspired, and it's learnings coming out of um, our expertise in Scandinavia, which are which have been encapsulated with the project called Urban Insight. So what you can see is the uh, web location here. If you type Sweco uh, Urban Insight, that should be able to take you um, to to our internet page. And what you have there is. Um, a tremendous amount of detail reporting which have been done on air pollution, uh, electrification, lot, lot many topics have been discussed in, in depth there. So you should be able to gain, gain more knowledge by, by reading these reports. And there are short presentations as well, which are available along with, with videos. So if you wanted more information on what, what I've talked about, you should be able to find that fairly easily on our, on our website here. So I've got, I think I've left quite a bit of time for some question and answers. So um, if you have any questions, I'll be, I'll be happy to take them. Thank you so much, Kartik. Um, that was really, really inspirational and easy to follow as well. I think that's one of the most, been one of the most um, great things about some of the sessions this week is that it's sometimes overwhelming for someone that's not an expert in this field to understand yeah. all so thank you for making it so accessible to everyone. Um, we're going to wait for some questions in the inbox. There's none come in yet. But um, one thing that um, is, has come up throughout this week is the importance of collaboration. Yes. Uh, and, and, and a collaboration across the different disciplines. I mean, that's clearly something that SWECO values as well. Absolutely, Neil. That's a very good point. I think collaboration is going to be key to tackle climate change. One example would be if you're building an... Um, residential apartment next to an office building, that collaboration with the existing office um, landlord will be important so that you can absorb the waste heat coming out of the office. 
Um, and I think we need to be open to these collaboration and you know, the so-called inverted comma politics needs to die out of all this. Um, we need to be very open-minded um, and, and change what we think is a norm. So uh, it, it's again, it's it's mindset which needs to needs to be tackled in in a in a huge way uh, if we want to battle climate change. And climate change is real. The weather tapes, what we used to see as building designers back in 2010 uh, of 2020, we we see those weather tapes, future prediction weather tapes being realized to a lot of extent. Uh, it, the, the climate is warming and it's warming um, as predicted in a sense. So if we, unless we do something drastic, such as absorbing uh, these low streams of waste heat, which you're going to reject in the environment, back into the buildings to do your hot water, say, for example, is going to be essential. Mindset and the will to change things. Yeah, absolutely. A recurring theme that's come up throughout the week. Um, yes. We have a couple of questions going through. Um, someone's put, no questions, great work. Um, which is nice. Um, Muriel asks, is this heat system using anaerobic digestion? Um, you know, see, uh, it, it, it can. It, it's not um, ideally uh, in urbanized city centers, we want to uh, avoid a situation where we burn anything. Um, so anaerobic digestion and um, methods are you um, burn uh, the gas inside internal combustion engines or boilers uh, and that's what we want to avoid. We want to avoid burning anything so that we don't discharge NOx emissions up in the air. But at the same time, the technology of fuel cell is uh, rap rapidly advancing. So that could provide a solution of this sort. But I don't see we have tried um, uh, anaerobic digestion by using human waste on large master plan site, but it has not proved viable to date. Thank you. Um, my colleague Jasmine, who's actually on after you, asks, um, Jasmine's on in a moment, and she uses public art to elicit behaviour change. Is there, is there a way for this to work with this sort of thing? Yes, absolutely. I think more aware people are, more aware people's behaviour are, that's, that's what is going to help. Because when we talk about um, a change in, um, change in culture or change in these, uh, say what, what I talked about is the standard energy network is somewhere where it's unidirection, it's sending you energy in one di direction. Uh, there isn't a situation where what I talked about, PV, which is sending the energy back. That's where if people start to coordinate their behavior. So if you live in, a, in an apartment building and you all decide, right, we are going to um, set our um, hot water cylinder or hot water um, charging of our cylinders in the afternoon, when we obviously know in the afternoon, the office will be uh, throwing a lot of waste heat um, and we can absorb all that waste heat into our cylinders. That's, that's a behavior change. So artwork is going to be quite quite important pass on this message, you know. It, it's, uh, it's, it's, I would say, uh, a soft way, but a very powerful way of conveying such message, message visual. And human being, as human beings, we, we do uh, tend to pick up on visuals more um, effectively than, than anything else, you know. I think that collaboration creativity are another two themes that have come out through this week. And I know that in the um, in the practical takeaways that you provided, um, you said um, what was it? You said designers should allow for opportunities to import waste heat in their design. I mean that touches a lot on creativity. Yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, Neil, again, creativity is going to be um, essential if you want to tackle climate change, and we can't be business as usual anymore uh, because the uh, world, uh, world is changing, climate is changing, and it, it, we can't be on the norms. So creativity, out-of-box think, thinking is going to be the key. What we see is Scandinavians are leading the way um, in a in a very big way, uh, Norwegians, the way they have adapted to electricity is is phenomenal. Uh, uh, Sweden uh, tends to um, champion these sort of systems. So um, the system was first pioneered in Sweden by uh, E.ON, who an intern employed Sweco in designing, helping them design these ambient loop, first ambient loop systems. Um, and uh, the energy savings are tremendous um, and it has mitigated 70% of fossil fuel being used on site. So such um, out-of-box thinking are, are going to be very important. Also, um, machine learning. We will have to adapt to, um, you know, uh, increase our skill levels in, in, in machine learning uh, because uh, so artificial intelligence will be um, crucial in helping us, um, uh, you know, it'll be a bit like your own home will be a trader of energy charging your cylinder, charging your home battery when the power, power is available and discharging when, when it's not needed or when the grid can accept, that's, that's going to be uh, important. I think what we see is a lot of talk about batteries. We see a lot of talk about electricity. What we would like to see is uh, in the same way heat is being talked about because heat can be uh, heat is a form of energy. It can be discharged and absorbed back again inside uh, networks, inside homes. So um, it, it needs to be looked uh, on, on equal, equal levels, really. Brilliant. That actually leads us quite nicely onto our next question. Um, is heat, heat waste a seasonal solution? What do we do for renewables in the cooler months? See, um, the cooler months, um, one thing um, in, uh, is to be understood is we're not going to have a lot of cooler months as we go beyond, say, 10 years. One, that's one side of the story. But as it stands, office buildings, uh, deep plan office buildings are in cooling throughout the year. They are in cooling in middle of December. They are in cooling in middle of uh, January as well. It's the perimeter which requires space heating, but the core of the offices, they, they, they need cooling or they need heat moved out of that space. So um, your, uh, the, the waste heat generation is likely to start to occur from March onwards. You, we may have a couple of uh, lean uh, or cooler months, but we're going to see more and more, um, more and more of uh, cooling uh, energy being more prevalent than heating. Brilliant. Uh, Fantastic. Thank you so much. I think that's all the questions we have for now. So we'll leave it there. But Karthik, thank you for joining us. I hope you can stick around for today. There's lots of fantastic sessions um, taking place. And thanks for taking time out and sharing your expertise and experience with us. It's been really insightful. Thank you. Thank you, Neil. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sustainability Research Pod. This is one of a series of podcasts where members of the Sustainability Research Group, hosted at London South Bank University, share their work and work with others in the sustainability field. Please share and subscribe to wherever you find your podcasts to automatically receive more episodes.